Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, we were praying again tonight in, um, in the back, and I was thinking about Acts chapter 2 and the, the initial outpouring on the church. And the Lord poured out His Spirit on the church, said it started like a, like a rushing mighty wind, and then it appeared like tongues of fire on each of their heads. And then Peter stood up and began to give his sermon of explanation, and he began to talk about the prophecy from the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all mankind. Everywhere, every nation, every nation. Now, that was the beginning of the fulfillment of that on the day of Pentecost. Not the end of it by any stretch. We are now closer to the end of the fulfillment of that, where he's pouring out his spirit on every continent, like never before, right now. You know, there's, the the United States has gone through, I have to say, in the last 15, 20 years has gone through more of a dry season. The charismatic churches have become more user-friendly, seeker-sensitive, have disallowed the moving of the Spirit like they used to allow. But not so much overseas. But it's coming. The Holy Spirit will not abandon His church in America. And I was remembering a prophecy that Dick Mills gave to us. It was about this, it was at January, the beginning of January. I don't know what year it was. It was a number of years ago, maybe 15 years ago or even 20 years ago possibly. And he prophesied out of Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 43. He said that new things were, were, were springing up. He said things that have never happened in the church before would happen suddenly. I've still, you know, when, when I, I learned from, from years that sometimes when Brother Mills spoke, there was some stuff would happen real quickly and some t- stuff would come, come to pass years later. But that particular prophecy, I'm still holding on to it. But I don't believe the, the fulfill, fulfillment, the fullness of that has hit our nation or even our church yet. Unprecedented things. Things that have never been thought of before, things that have never been seen before will happen suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly, again this morning, I, I mentioned this verse, suddenly the Lord will come and appear in his temple and unprecedented things will happen. Well, it's not that he's not here, but you know, there's, there's different degrees of him being here. Suddenly, he will come in in a shocking display of his glory, of his love, of his holiness, and of his power. A shocking display of his holiness, his power, and his love will shock people out of their carnality and bring a sudden move of God. Amen. So we're going to... We're going to just soak a little bit tonight. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture from the book of John. And this became very much ingrained in the DNA of victory back in the 1990s. It's become, it was our, it became our identity. And I've embraced this passage of Scripture. 
It's, a, it's an interesting passage of Scripture that not many people preach about. It's, a, it's the story of, of, the, of the man, the, 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 um, the, the man who, had a, who was paralyzed, who was laying by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. I want to talk tonight a little bit about the pool of Bethesda. It was said that the pool of Bethesda had... It had, it had angels that would come down from time to time and stir up the water. Whether it was true or not, no one really knows, but the people were there for sure waiting for it to happen. There had been stories, and they were there, and Jesus came to minister to this one man who had been there in this condition for, for 38 years, waiting for the moving of the water. There's angels in the living water of God. They're here in this place worshiping with us. They always are. You know, it's rarely, but sometimes we've been aware of their presence. And it doesn't really matter where you're aware of angels or not. It doesn't matter if you see angels or not. But if you ever saw one, you'd probably pass out. You think you want to see one until you do. Here's John's account of this story. There was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate. Everyone say Sheep Gate. You know, recently they've, they've dug up this, this Sheep Gate by the Pool of Bethesda in Israel. The Jewish archaeologists are working on this place. It's a real place. It's the, these big pools. It's like two gigantic swimming pools that are right there just outside of the temple area. And it's called, the, it was the Pool of Bethesda back in the time of Christ. There is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Beth, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease that he had. Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity for 38 years. 38 years is a long time to wait. It's a long time to wait for your miracle. You know, you probably would be tempted after about 36 or 37 of those years to give up and think it's never going to happen. But he'd been there for 38 years in that condition. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be well? Are, are you just... Are you okay? Just, just if this is what it is, just staying like this the rest of your life, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred. But when I'm coming, another steps down before me. Then Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. <laughs> Woo! And immediately... The man was made well, took up his bed, and he walked. I love this story. I want to make a few observations about it. Just let his presence intensify here. Let it, let it soak in on you. Let it, let it, if, if you will turn your attention to Jesus and listen to his words, 
His presence will intensify on you over these next few minutes, and you'll be preparing yourself for a miracle of God in your life. Here's a little short paragraph from a blog that I wrote. This story of the miracle pool of water called Bethesda has been special to me and our church since the first days of revival. It was, if it, it, it was as if angels descended into our service that August, now it's been 29 years ago, and began to do unusual miracles. I've heard Bethesda translated as the house of mercy and the place of outpouring. To me, it has to be both. We've experienced 29 years of mercy and outpouring in our church. I actually think the angels have found a home at Victory Church. I believe it. You know, I believe all kinds of things. And people, you know, the natural man doesn't believe the things of God. The things of God, the spiritual things, the Holy Spirit things, are foolishness to the natural minds. Man is embarrassed by the things of the Spirit. Preacher, that's why preachers don't want you praying in tongues in their church. They're embarrassed by it. That's why. They don't want prophetic utterances. They don't want people falling on the ground and flopping like a fish in their service. They don't want any of that. They don't want shrieking. They don't want laughter. They don't want jumping. They don't want joy. Because the things of the Spirit are foolishness to the natural minds. It's it's that simple. So anyway, let's go back to this story. The very first verse, it says, There is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. John wrote that for a reason. This wasn't just any old ordinary pool. They didn't build a a swimming pool or a spa in the temple courtyards. This was a very intentional pool, and it was there for the sheep to be washed, to be prepared, to be slaughtered. Ha, 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 ha. So this was intentional. Intentional. This is where the sacrificial lambs, you know, this is is a picture to us of, of the Lamb of God. It was the suffering of Christ that purchased your redemption. It was because of the blood that he shed for you that your sins are washed away. It was because of his blood that he shed for you that your conscience is cleansed and you have no more guilty stain or guilty shame on your soul because the blood of Jesus has washed all of that shame and that guilt away from your soul. It's the blood of Jesus that breaks the yoke of bondage, that sinful oppression that keeps us in slavery so we can't do what we want. Oh, the blood of Jesus breaks every chain and breaks them off of our life so that we can go free and we can live godly and holy in Christ Jesus and actually like it. It's the blood of Jesus that breaks the chains of addiction from off of our soul. 
addicted to whatever, to pornography, to booze, to prescription drugs, or or, or whatever kind of drugs. The blood of Jesus will break that chain from off of your soul so you're no longer a slave. Get into the pool. Just come into the sheep gate and let him wash you clean. Let the water and the blood. You know, I wonder if, I wonder, you know, what it was like. I wonder if this, there was with the, 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 the blood, the washing of the, of the blood. I don't really know. I, I, I don't want to, to get off here. But I wonder if, if sometimes the, the, the sheep were washed after they were sacrificed. Blood in the water. Doesn't matter. It's, it's in the water for us. The blood of Jesus breaks every chain from off of your life. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that heals our sick bodies. When Jesus was telling that man, rise and be healed, he was speaking by authority. What he was saying is, is months from now, not too long from now, I'm going to bear your sickness, whatever is the source of that foul disease that's robbed you these last 38 years, I'm taking it to the cross. Pick up your pallet and walk. He bore your sicknesses. If you're suffering in your body, he bore your sickness in his body on the cross. If you're suffering emotionally, if you're if you're, you're tormented in your mind and in your heart. The blood of Jesus heals you, heals your emotions and makes you whole. I love it. I love that. It's not a coincidence that this pool was associated with the sheep. Some say this is where they, they, the sheep were washed in preparation to be offered in the temple as a sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. It's in that sacrifice that we find our healing. Our healing is totally dependent on Christ. He is the one who helps us into the healing waters. The Passion Translation, in the notes, it says, under the shelter of religion, there are the sick and the lame and the blind who can't be healed unless they do work and step into the pool. They are helpless and hopeless, so near to the sheep gate. But Jesus has none of the law's requirements to put put on us for our healing, only to believe in one who's greater than the angels. The man had been sick for 38 years, the exact length of the time Israel had wandered in the wilderness. So what are you waiting for? Come on in. The water's fine. Let's take Jesus by the hand into the waters of his presence. Now let's look just a little bit further. The blinds. I want to just look at, there was a, you know, the the scriptures are extremely specific and very intentional what's, what's recorded in the word of God. And in this particular case, there's three types of ailments that John said were, were prevalent laying there by the, by the pool of Bethesda. He listed three of them. Blind, lame, and withered. These are pictures of not only natural sicknesses, but pictures of, of spiritual ailments as well. The blind, their eyes are closed. The light of the gospel has never penetrated their hearts. 
They've never seen the things of God. They've never seen Jesus as who he is. They've never seen the precious promises that are there in the word of God. Their eyes are closed. They cannot see because they're blind. Until the touch of God comes, until the grace of God comes, until they step into the waters of renewal and their eyes begin to open and they begin to see Christ for themselves. And there's others that are, that are there that are, that are lame. Maybe there's been a, a partial awakening in their life. They believe that Christ is their savior. They believe that heaven is gonna be their home. But still, they, they're not able to activate the promises of God in their life. They're still walking as a natural person. If you saw them and observed them on a daily basis, there's really not much different from them than the people that are out there lost and in the world. They're lame. Lame Christians that cannot and will not walk in the ways of God and they make some lame excuse that this is grace. Oh, it's not grace. It's a lie. Grace delivers. Grace delivers. Grace breaks the chains from off of your life. And when you step into the waters of his grace and the waters of his renewal, the chains are broken and you begin to walk in the ways of the Lord. You're no longer blind and you're no longer lame, but you're walking in God's precious promises. And he also mentioned, now this is the one that terrifies me, withered. There was once life. They were once robust. They were once fruitful. But something happened. They're dehydrated now. They're freeze-dried. They're constipated. They're shriveled up. There's no more life. They used to be alive, but now they're just shriveled up. They're like an old, wrinkled-up prune when they used to be so vibrant and so alive. Have you ever seen a shriveled up Christian before? They come to church all the time. And they're all about what God did yesteryear. Oh, in the good old days. They remember the great things God did. Oh, in the old day, you know, you know, oh, back in the old days in Victory Church, you know, back there. You know, people always say, you know, one of the things that really amazes me, I saw it on Facebook today. I have no idea who this person was. But they were saying they were moving to another town, to another city, and they wanted to find a church over there, one that was kind of like Victory. Well, they haven't been here in 30 years. How do they even know what it's like? No, 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 no. I don't want to be withered up. I don't want to be a Christian that's relying on yesteryear. I want to be walking in the freshness of his presence. I know I'm 70 years old on the outside, but I'm only 20 on the inside. And there's renewal on the, in this renewal that takes place in my life and can take place in your life. You can, all things can become new and new and new. You might be aging on the outside, but on the inside, he's making all things new, preparing you for the other side, preparing you for your brand new body, preparing you for eternity in the presence of God. Yes, I don't want to be 
withered up. No, I don't. So this, I've got two more little things I want to talk to you about. This is, this was a blog I wrote a while back. It's called Pandemic Prayer. A certain man was there for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? Well, the poor man realized, the poor man was really, the, the, poor man, par, the poor paralyzed man was really without hope. He had been in this incurable condition for many years and was finally giving in to the likelihood of being in this state for the rest of his life. He didn't know Jesus and didn't ask for his healing, even though his only hope of healing was there. Jesus pulled the request out of him. Do you want to be made whole? Now here's the question for the day. Do you want a job? Who in their wildest dreams would think that Zia's in Elmwood would have to close on Tuesdays because nobody wants to work? What is going on? Well, I, 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 there was, I, I got an offer for a job, but, but I needed somebody to give me a ride. I couldn't get a ride. Somebody was always in the way, so I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get a job because they didn't offer the right hours. They wanted me to work in the day. I wanted to work at night. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get a job because, you know, during the pandemic, I got some dogs, and nobody's there to take care of my dogs. I can't get a job. Somebody's always in my way. <laughs> well, maybe, 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 maybe you really, at the end of the day, you really liked COVID. You get maybe, 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 maybe you like staying home and getting government handouts. And maybe that's, no, I better not even say that. That's why you voted the way you did. <laughs> but anyway. And Jesus comes up and he looks at you. You just want to stay crippled on your couch, playing video games. You've been in your pajamas far too long. Pick up your pallet, get dressed, and go to work. <laughs> and you know what? This right now is the greatest opportunity for advancing. It's the greatest opportunity because it's easy to outwork lazy people that don't want to work. You can get raises now. You go get a job at the bottom level, the next thing you know, you're going to be the manager within a few months if you work. You be running the place. I tell you, I prophesy, you get off the couch, you go to work, and you work hard for six months, and you'll be running the place. And you'll be making more money than you can think. So do you want to be made well? So, yeah, I'm just going to skip to the last part. This is the last part of this, the how long part. How long? I want to I pray for people tonight that have been waiting for whatever for far too long. 
A certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said, do you want to be made well? How much longer do I have to wait? The man in this story had been paralyzed for 38 years, had possibly been born that way. The amazing thing about this story is that he was there hoping against hope that he would somehow get his miracle at the pool of Bethesda. Something else that grabs my attention is why the Lord, why, why did the Lord choose this particular man to perform a miracle? Why him? There was probably 150, 200 other people laying around on the porch that day. Why this guy? He wasn't like a man of faith or something. Why did he pick him? This, maybe, maybe it was because, apparently it wasn't his great faith. After all, he was full of excuses. He wasn't believing for anything. Maybe it was because his case seemed the most hopeless. Shriveled up for 38 years. He could never be expected to have a normal life. This miracle was about God's glory. That's what they're always about. That's what he's after. He loves the impossible cases because it gives his father glory. That's what he's about. So no man could fix this. That is no man but Jesus so maybe your moment in time is approaching. Maybe you've been waiting a long, long time for your miracle. Abraham waited 100 years for his miracle son Isaac to be born. Moses was exiled for 40 years and wandered another 40 in the wilderness. Even the apostle Paul was on hold for 14 years, waiting for his prophetic word to come about. How long do we wait? Apparently, the longer, the long duration of the problem makes the miracle so much sweeter. So what's the solution? Step into the angel water. You're about to be made whole. You just step into the waters. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 